Hey everybody, welcome back to the Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, I'm here with Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. <laughs> We're going to do it every week. <laughs> um, this week, before we get started, I do want to confirm, Ringo, we have learned nothing about movies. Uh, I mean, I just did a final for English, but that wasn't about movies. It's great. I, once again, still haven't done any finals. Uh, the movie we watched this week is the movie Necrotronic from 2018. This is an Australian movie, rated R for bloody violence and language throughout. Kind of surprises me. I don't remember there being that much language throughout, but it is entirely possible that I'm desensitized to it and I just don't hear it anymore. The trailer, or I guess the, the stinger for Necrotronic is a man discovers that he is part of a secret sect of magical beings who hunt down and destroy demons in the internet. We have Ben O'Toole starring as Howard, Monica Bellucci as Finnegan, Carolyn Ford as Molly, Tess Harbrick as Torkel, and Epine Bob Sevilla as Rangi, also starring David Wenham as Luther. He is in this movie for a very short amount of time. This movie got a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, has a 39% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and 67% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. For a brief overview, we open with Howard and Rangi at work with multiple shit jokes. Uh, when Rangi downloads a game on his phone, unbeknownst to him, this game is being used by Finnegan to transfer the souls of demons into unsuspecting humans. And unbeknownst to Howard, Finnegan is his mom, and he's a necromancer, a force-using gunslinging order of warriors dedicated to fighting demons. Finnegan realizes that her son is near someone playing the game and sends a demon after him. Just when it looks like our hero is doomed, fellow necromancers Luther, Molly, and Torque show up to save... Uh, sorry, Torque show up and save the day. After a brief exposition dump, it's discovered that the demons have tracked the crew to their hideout using Rangi's phone, and in the escape, both Luther and Rangi are killed, although Howard makes Rangi a wraith, so we get to see him in the movie. From there, Howard and his friends have to figure out how to stop Finnegan from taking over the world. Ringo, what'd you think of this movie? I enjoyed the movie, but the movie was not good. Go on. All right, so... I thought that uh, the movie was good because, one, uh, it made me laugh, and I actually watched this one, whereas in the last couple of movies that we've watched, um, I've struggled to keep my attention on them. Probably because, like, I have, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm apparently a Gen Z, and, you know, pretty colors and lots of movement goes ahead and keeps me uh, involved. But the thing that really hooked me, in my opinion, was the opening scene where they kind of tried to explain the, the necromancers. Because I feel like that was the setup to possibly make the storyline even better if they had maybe fleshed it out a little bit more and given us a reason as to why the demons and necromancers were now fighting over the internet and what the demons actually got out of the internet. I mean, sure, they go ahead and touch more people, but I mean, how are you actually infecting them? Uh, you know, are you making them watch TikToks? Or are <laughs> you, like, actually getting their souls? Because, I mean... One is one is evil and one is getting their souls and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with taking someone's soul. I'm just saying. You didn't get that from all the shots that we got in this movie of zooming into the phone lines. Yeah, well, okay, with that aspect, sure. I guess you can go ahead and look at it as, you know, your soul is getting ripped into the phone. But the only time we ever saw them actually pulling souls into the phone was whenever uh, the main character. Howard goes ahead and slams the demon up against, uh, what was it, an electric box or something like that? Yeah, they referred to it as a landline, but it looked like a breaker box to me. Okay. 
Uh, apparently, I wasn't paying that much attention, but in that moment, and then near the end when uh, Finnegan enacts her her uh, pentagram plan. Yeah, the pentagram plan was a weird thing. Yeah, for me, I'll just say it up front, I was very unimpressed by this movie. I I don't dislike it. I I can't say that I hated it because I've now seen the buddy games against the ice and the clapper, and compared to all three of those this is a a better movie i found myself interested in what was going to happen and i can't say that that was necessarily true for the last three weeks so there's that but for me the the thing that you pointed out there in the beginning i actually would have rather seen that as a movie than what we got or i would have liked if that played a role because the very beginning of the movie opens up with this quick little animation about, oh, there have been demons for a very long time. And as long as there have been demons, there have been necromancers and we fight them. But a while back, somebody figured out how to put demons in the Internet. So now we have to worry about demons taking us over from the Internet. And I will say that it was right at this point where I started suspecting that there was going to be a little bit of Internet bad phone bad in this movie. I am not familiar of how people feel about this subject in Australia or if this is a prevailing theory. If this was an American movie, I would say that, yeah, that's the point. Some boomer made this movie to once again remind us that phones equal bad. I I won't put that on this movie only because I don't know that that is a prevailing attitude in Australia. But there are definitely moments where it feels like that's what they're going for. Yeah, and once you pointed that out to me, I started thinking about it. I was like, honestly, they kind of lean into what as an American felt like, you know, get off your phone and start interacting with, uh, you know, the people around you, the way that they had, uh, Rangi like interact with Howard. And uh, is that what was, was it's Howard. Name? Yeah. But, uh, but Rangi, Rangi was, Rangi is, is also correct. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was his actual name or his character name. Cause I, that's uh, his character name. Rangi uh, and Howard are the characters. Okay. Yeah, with the with how they interacted in the in the drive to the next job after doing a seventeen hour shift, you know, I was kind of like, eh. I mean, I've had those conversations too, but typically not on like the you can't be on your phone, especially considering Howard couldn't have a conversation with Rangi when he told Rangi to talk to him. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say that was exactly when I was kind of like, okay, is there a second message here? Like, oh, look at millennials, right? Like, get off your phone and talk to me. And then they were like, okay, talk to me. Oh, I don't I don't have anything to talk about. It's it's feels like it's veiled critique. But again, I don't really want to put that on this movie, mostly because the rest of the movie doesn't make me think that. Yeah. I actually I came away thinking after I, I thought about it, uh, unlike a couple of the other movies we watched, I really sat down and thought about some of the some of the things I wanted to to point out here. One of the things I think that they were going for here is I actually think the big joke is that demons are in the internet or that the internet is full of demons. I think that's the gag they're trying to set up with all of this phone technology, etc. And maybe as a little bit of social commentary, they you use your phone and you warp into a demon because the demons get you through the internet. I think maybe that's the joke they're going for. But again, it also much like a lot of other things in this movie, it also didn't last long enough to really say for sure. Yeah, true. I th- yeah, and honestly, I think that when you you look at it from that perspective, it, 
if that was what they're they were going for they didn't put enough emphasis on it and i'm not australian so i don't really know what their their take on this sort of stuff would be and i've got tiktok so i mean if i'm if it's causing demons it's, i'm i'm right there man i watch tiktok every day and i i really wish i didn't yeah well i didn't want to spoil the surprise but soon we're gonna have an intervention for you but it's not an intervention it's an exorcism so Ah. i'd prepare wear something dark so that when you poo yourself nobody can see i always wear dark so we're fine okay then we're good to go yeah what do you think a highlight of this movie was the highlight of this movie i think the the highlight of this movie would be probably Luther dying, I think. <laughs> Ooh, that's no good, because that's like 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted more Luther, but he, he died. And then, like, from there, like, the movie really didn't, like, from that spot on, the movie was not really, uh, it, it, it didn't engage as much after that i mean don't get me wrong i did enjoy after that part but i can tell you that after luther died it was kind of like there was a drop in my engagement because i no longer had you know faramir to go ahead and watch (laughs) for me i i have probably more negatives than positives in this case but one of the things positive wise i do want to focus on is i think they used some really cool costumes and effects I'm a little bit disappointed, and I know this is a positive and I'm talking about disappointment, but the very first time we see one of the demons actually be all demony is when we see somebody get their soul taken over by a demon from looking at their phone, and then they kind of do the evil dead, like stop motion movement, like very jerky, horror-esque movement while they're chasing after Howard. And they chase him through a painter's, like, or an area where people are painting. I don't know if it's like a painter's workshop, but there are people painting, and they have the tarps, like, hung up, the clear plastic drop cloth type tarps. And there's a point where Howard runs and bonks his head, and you see this uh, from his point of view. He looks up as he's laying on the ground, and you see the monster kind of, like, herk jerk into the scene with an axe, kill a painter blood splatters on the tarp and then the monster breaks through. And that, that was a really good moment. I was, I was hoping right there. I was like, if the rest of the movie is like this, this movie's fucking sweet. This is actually really underrated. Unfortunately, it took a much different path after that, but that was a really great point for me. And I say it as a disappointment because we actually never see that type of demon, that type of motion or scariness again from any of the monsters until the very end. After the main villain has been defeated, we get a shot of a woman being possessed in a parking garage and she does the same kind of, she does like a spider crawl upside down, very exorcist type thing. That again was like, where was this the whole rest of the movie? Every other time we see quote unquote demons in this movie, they're just dudes with sunglasses as if somebody really liked John Woo movies and just copy and pasted a bunch of extras from there. We, for a, a place that has a horde of demons at its disposal, these demons in no way stand out. We get to know the name of one other one. He's named Lurch and he goes and I don't know, beats up, torque at one point that seems to be the only thing he does and even then he dies so 
it felt like these were almost like these shots where they use the really scary demons were proof of concept. Like we could do a full on horror movie like this and it would be pretty sweet. And then they also proved that they didn't have to do that because the rest of the movie wasn't like it and it ended up being a lot worse. That's actually a really good point. I, I forgot about that, uh, that moment there. And I think that when they did the the demons that weren't la, the sunglass wearing ones, they kind of had a concept that was like intriguing. Cause I mean, like um, the moment the, the, the scene where Luther died, we ended up having a couple of the, the demons that changed if I remember correctly. Cause we had, uh no, no no I'm thinking of I'm thinking of when they went to go get the uh the necrobox the necropod necropod yes necropod yeah when they went to go get the necropod we ended up getting to see one of them get blasted in the chest and survive it but yeah I mean you you've got a good point there uh I think the the other demon scene that you know and you and I discussed this that really stood out was the ending uh, and I'm not sure if we want to go ahead and get into that just yet, but the ending, I think, also kind of showed that they could have had uh, a really good concept with the uh, with the demons if they actually leaned into the demons instead of what we got. Yeah, well, I agree with you. We could talk about it a little bit. The end of this movie is pretty predictable. It's one of my big strikes against the movie is that it's overall predictable. They throw a lot of story elements in that don't lead anywhere. I'll touch on that in a little bit, but... Specifically, at the end here, Finnegan, who is Howard's mom, the plan is basically she is going to absorb like a million souls, and then that's going to give her the power to take over the entire internet and absorb all the souls, which very generous to think that like the majority of the world has easy access to the internet, but that's more of a nitpick than a real point. But anyway... She gets defeated. They put her in a Ghostbuster cube because, of course, that's one of the things they have. They call them like soul cubes, but they're little Ghostbuster cubes. And then they re, uh, I guess, incarnate her. It's not really reincarnation, but I can't think of the right word. Reconstruct her, I guess, 3D print. in a little in a little 3D printer that they have for ghosts and demons. And then they their plan is they're going to 3D print her and then blast her with this big ass cannon that they have. Which, I guess that's a fine plan. I don't know why that cannon kills them when their regular guns don't, but it doesn't matter. The And that scene, she doesn't reincarnate as Monica Bellucci or Finnegan. She reincarnates as this big demon, like kind of like a, a mix between like a xenomorph and like uh, something you would see of like Hellraiser fan art. It's really cool looking, and I, I agree with you. I think that, that if that had been the villain the whole time, I would have liked this movie more. But as it is, the villain really, much like the henchman, was blah. It was there. I feel as though we were given a villain because that is what we're told to expect in a movie that, you know, we need some sort of, like, mastermind who has to have stages to their plan. But if this had just started with, oh, shit, that's a big demon, we better get her, I would have liked it. I'm pretty okay with it. I mean, Mad Max, that was basically the plot. It was like, damn, this guy's a jerk. I'm going to get these girls out of here. Boom. You know, I don't need Furiosa's backstory. I don't need to know what her job was before she became Furiosa. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, uh, I think that that would have been uh, definitely a better uh, a better movie, especially considering, like, in this movie we had uh, a magic system that wasn't explained and Howard just kind of... <laughs> so hit... <laughs> This is one of the one of the jokes I I giggled about, and I know that you probably didn't. But when they're trying to get him to do the magic, 
and he's clenching and he goes, I'm going to shit myself. I don't know. Some, maybe my 12 year old kicked in at that moment in time, but I giggled at that one. But like the next thing we know, he's lifting a coin and blowing up uh, punching bags after his quote unquote lover, but not lover Molly ends up touching him. Yeah, I think we really believe that uh, that's like jizz power. Maybe he's <laughs> maybe like the the necromancers have the power to uh, project their feelings, a la jizz. I don't know. That's uh, the the other point that I wanted to make that that kind of bugged me about this movie, and you brought it up was the the demon cubes. Why are you going to go ahead and take the demon out of the cube and blast it? Leave it in the cube. Yeah, and. I do wonder, did I miss something when they were explaining the big cannon? But it feels to me as like if you shot the demon and trapped it in a cube or used your force powers and trapped him in a cube, why, again, like you said, why are you take him out of the cube? And why is the big cannon the one that can blast him away? Like, I guess I'll just, I'll touch on it now. This movie has a whole bunch of stuff that it wants to make important that never is quite right or explained satisfactorily or used enough. So... We mentioned there's a 3D printer, and that's not like a metaphor or us making some offhanded joke. It's literally a vat of goo where you print people, kind of like the the vats in Westworld where they create the robots. So they have that. They have a force power system that, as far as I can tell from the movie, is used for four things. One is levitating coins. One is throwing punching bags and or demons. One is turning your dying friend into a wraith that can accompany you and one is to uh explode people's heads but they actually don't use it ever on most of the demons 90 percent of the fighting is done with guns some of the guns shoot bullets others shoot lasers and quick side note do want to call out this was in my minor parts but i do want to really thank the sound editing team here this is one of the few movies i've seen in recent years where i don't have to turn it up when people are talking and turn it down when gunshots are being fired because they actually had the sound balance to where the loudest dialogue was equal to the loudest gunshots but again we never saw why the force powers mattered where they came from anything about that right we never saw why it was that some guns shot lasers and some guns shot bullets we never really understood why the demons were affected by certain things the cubes aren't really explained the plan that monica bellucci has to make a pentagram in the city out of these necropods and then absorb a bunch of souls we don't really understand why this pentagram is important like i get that pentagrams are like the summoning or whatever but again why not a smaller pentagram and absorb a few more souls and gain power that way etc etc but it's just a lot of things thrown at you there's also before i forget we can't forget the little matrix tie-in of the implant in your neck that is a, a silencer um this movie is very much blade meets tron meets underworld meets matrix meets ghostbusters meets the exorcist and I don't know. It's too many things that didn't work. And that ultimately is one of the two main things that dragged the movie down for me. The other main thing being, and I'm sure people won't like this, is I found Rangi to be just completely obnoxious. He was damn near as bad as Jar Jar. I couldn't stand this character being around. I liked him in the very beginning when he was just a regular person, but as a wraith, he was just obnoxious. I think that a lot of the humor is supposed to come from him, but I found the jokes that they wrote for him were pretty flat. I don't really get where most of the other humor was going to come from. I get that fart jokes are funny. Farts are hilarious. I will laugh at farts today, 
but I just didn't find any of this working. The tone wasn't right for me to really laugh at. I didn't like the characters enough to kind of empathize with their situations so that moments that they found funny or that they found themselves in funny situations, I didn't find funny. There was an element of like, I'm so random with the whole Finnegan making people wear Santa hats and be like, Merry Christmas. The whole lot of it just, it fell so flat for me. And I didn't realize, I, I think the description says that it's a horror comedy. I didn't really get that. I didn't realize that going in anyway. Uh, the the only parts of it that felt like a little bit comedic to me was the very beginning where they're pumping shit and the guy gets covered in shit, which is a bit from Joe Dirt. But even then, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, we're starting with some shit jokes. Nothing wrong with that. I've seen this a, a thousand times. But then there weren't any really other jokes. The next biggest joke was supposed to be like, look how obsessed Ranky is with this phone. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I completely forgot about the Santa Claus, Santa Claus hat thing. And that's kind of weird thinking back at it because that didn't come back. And the the uh, CEO board just kind of was a one shot thing and then they're done. We didn't hear from them ever again. Exactly. It's It's another element that is thrown in this movie to see what sticks and there's a certain i think style of making movies where you do throw everything and the kitchen sink at this at the at the wall and just see what sticks and what works and sometimes it really works but this isn't that movie it just yeah there was too much there was too much actually maybe too much isn't the right way to put it what they focused on they focused on for just long enough to make it feel important and then they dropped it again and that's where I think it became a problem. All of these elements could have worked fine if we either just didn't talk about them or it was just like given, right? You're a necromancer. Tap, implant. Cool. You feel those powers. You have powers now. Yeah. Dope, I, I, right? Like that would have been that would have been fine. But instead, we had to get like a, a training montage in the middle of this movie, which was completely unnecessary. We had to get a love interest, which I didn't. I don't know. I almost never care for the the romance subplot in a movie that's not about romance, so it's very rare that I'm I'm like yeah. But in this one, it just felt extra unnecessary. There was a lot of other stuff going on. Well, considering the love romance didn't go anywhere, they didn't ever engage with it. They just looked into each other's eyes lovingly, and then they kind of just left it there. And Rangi comes in and goes, "Oh, am I interrupting?" And they're like, "Yeah," and nothing passes past that position it's like watching your friend who's got a crush on, on someone and you're like go talk to them and they're like no then you're never going to interact with them you're never going to go and get past that and <laughs> the the romance doesn't need to be in this is what i'm trying to say but yeah this movie is is a mess in my book i i think that there's a lot of cool ideas one of the things i i give it credit for is the melding of all of the different genres for what they did. I, I know I criticized it for being a lot, but at least it's original. I've never seen this set of premises and pieces work together. I can't think of the last time I saw a Ghostbuster style trap, but they have it. I've never really seen like the level of matrix style technology with the various implants and things under the skin with magic. It's almost cyberpunk but it's not quite it doesn't i don't feel like if you watch this movie you would come away and call it cyberpunk overall at least it's original and innovative in in that aspect yeah and i i appreciated that aspect of it because i think that if they were to revisit the idea and kind of double down on the demons 
utilizing technology to get to humans to get their souls and actually like build a story around that i think they could get something that would be a lot better than this i don't want to see a sequel to this if they're gonna make something i want to see necrotronic origins i want to see the beginning where they're using quote-unquote advanced technology like bronze to fight these demons and that they are learning their powers etc i would love to see that because i think that could be done in a style like the thing who is the demon etc uh and i think that would be a more fun movie to watch but then at a certain point i guess without the guns without the neon without the uh 42 shots of traveling through phone lines just an excessive amount of the shot in the movie of like and bloop, 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 here we go through the phone lines uh, i think if you take all those out maybe you just don't have necrotronic anymore and you just have a completely different movie. So I suppose that what I'm looking for is not this movie. And I think that actually kind of sums up how I feel about it is if I was looking for a movie, I wouldn't settle on this one. Yeah. I think that right now what you want is necromancers, uh, necromancers versus demons. That's what, that's what the movie should be. I can agree with that. I, but I yeah, agree. I'm down for that. Let's go make that. <laughs> yeah. Let me get, let me bust out my checkbook. <laughs> But overall, I wouldn't recommend this movie to most people. The audience that I think it does have is people who are the type of people who binge watch horror movies all the time. Like they watch all the horror movies. I think they've already seen this. So at this point here in 2023, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. The other audience that I think is trying to draw in is big, dumb action movie fans. And I'm not saying the fans are dumb, but fans of big, dumb action movies. I think think you could do better i just think that this doesn't have quite enough of the action to make it count as a big dumb action movie i can agree with you on that but uh i also think that like uh if you're bored if you don't have anything else to watch and you want something that will just kind of shut your brain off for what was it, an hour and a half yeah it's like a tight 90 yeah so you know if you need to shut your brain off for an hour and a half like i did since uh, i'm in finals week it's probably why I enjoyed this one so much because it's finals week. <laughs> I would uh, say it's it's not your homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, that's maybe that's the audience here. Hey, if you'd rather not do homework, yeah, then there you this go. Movie is for you. Um, and then you know, if you end up in Greg's boat where you uh, you don't like it, maybe it'll give you the anger to go back and finish your homework. Or if you end up in my boat, maybe you'll be jazzed up enough to go ahead and do your homework one way or the other go do your homework <laughs> uh yeah i guess go go do your homework like he said <laughs> you don't have to do your homework i've never studied anything and now i have a podcast with three listeners <laughs> i'm pretty sure two of them are our wives but i do even saying that i do want to say I guess the one group of people that I think should watch this movie, if you're into special effects and especially like creature effects, they did do a really good job when they tried the, the demon queen thing looks amazing. Like Finnegan's final form and the two demons in the beginning and the end move great. The effects are great. They're genuinely creepy. I do think the setting and the backdrop and things that they put around it are very pretty to look at they are very much a distraction from what's going on so if that is your jam if you are if you're one of the people that i don't believe exists but probably do who absolutely like nerd out on things like lighting and effects etc i actually think this is pretty good and it's it's a fun and interesting watch but otherwise if you're not the people that i don't believe exist then this isn't a movie for you yeah 
Also, side note, was it just me? Were the freeways ridiculously empty in this movie? Right? Every time they stopped, I was like, oh, they're going to get hit by a car, and they never got hit. Or someone was going to pull up behind them and honk their horn. In America, if you did that sort of stuff, man, you'd have someone call the cops on you in like three minutes. Yeah, right. In America, you'd have somebody get out with a gun. And then they'd just be like, ah, it's like school, and they'd start shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, our country's a a hellhole dystopia. Yeah, well, hey, you know, I know that our our country is a hellhole dystopia, but at least in that instance, the cops would show up and arrest me for, you know, stopping in the middle of the road and causing someone to pull out a gun. They're going to, yeah, they're going to arrest you for getting shot. How dare you? (laughs) You are under arrest for having a bullet in you. That is illegal, sir. And the bullet's not mine, so. Oh, and and you stole this man's bullet? Well, it goes two ways. It's not the cop's bullet and it's not my bullet, so. Oh, I see, I see. Double arrest. It's an an illegal immigrant bullet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you take that bullet across the border? I mean, I guess you could say I took it across the border of my skin. Isn't there a movie? I'm pretty sure I've seen an action movie where they smuggle the weapon under their skin, but I don't remember what it is right now, and I'm not gonna. It's gonna take a long time for me to remember it. I feel like I've seen this though. I'm picturing something. Oh wait, maybe it's not a gun. It might be like a knife that he had under his skin or something. Some weird movie. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week when we cover falling in love just in time for Mother's Day. In the meantime, please like, subscribe, rate, do all the things that are positive. If you have comments, please leave them. If you are from Australia, please let us know and tell us if we missed anything in this movie. Say goodbye, Ringo. Bye, Ringo. (laughs) Every week. See you guys.